If you are not a wise person, would you like to become a wise person? If so, how would you go about it? What is the quickest and most efficient way to become wise? Would it be through reading books on philosophy or science? Or would it be more efficient and quicker to have experiences on site, like at a large university? Stay tuned. We'll see. Welcome to Steps to Life with Dr. John Grossbaum. Sabbath rest is a promise between God and His children. Bible prophecy tells us that we are living in the last days of this earth's history before Jesus' second coming. Today's program will help you prepare for these coming events. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. Before we study about how to become wise, let's pray that the Lord will teach us the truth through His Holy Spirit as we read from His holy book. Father in heaven, we thank you for the wisdom that you have revealed to us in Jesus Christ, and we pray that you will help us to find the true wisdom that will last forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's program. Have you ever asked yourself, is it a sin to be tempted? Or at what point does temptation become sin? The issues of right and wrong must be clearly distinguished. Today's free book is entitled, Is It a Sin to be Tempted? Call 1-800-THE-TRUTH and ask for offer PRV1. And now, Pastor John Grosball. In the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, Solomon, reported to be the wisest man that ever lived, made this statement in regard to his purpose in writing this book. He said, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. And then he says in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. One sentence of Scripture is actually of more value than 10,000 of man's ideas or arguments. There are many people today who refuse to follow God's way. They reject the wisdom of the Scriptures. The Bible clearly predicts, Jesus clearly predicted what would happen to them. He said the time would come when He would say to them, this is Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you, depart from me. If we reject the way of wisdom, then we will not have wisdom. Then we will have, well, our own understanding, our own thought processes. So, when we submit to God, then the Lord Jesus will guide our minds and we will become, as the Apostle Paul says, strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. If you receive Christ, you will be clothed with power because the indwelling Savior will make His power your property. So, 
when Solomon is going to explain the way of wisdom, he says the very beginning, the very beginning is to fear the Lord. Actually, when it comes right down to it, every person in the world either fears God or fears man. Who do you fear most? Do you fear man the most or do you fear God the most? Solomon says in Proverbs 1.10, he says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not consent. Why? He says, If they say, Come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Notice he says, when sinners entice you, do not consent. When the first suggestion of wrong is heard, dart a prayer to heaven and ask the Lord to help you to resist and turn away from temptation. Leave the society of those who are trying to get you to do what is wrong. You may not be able to change them, but by leaving them, you do not need to participate in their wicked doings. There are recorded a number of people in the Bible who made this their practice. For instance, David said one time, he said, I have set the Lord always before me. Daniel decided that he was going to do what he understood was right, even if he had to stand all alone. And if you read the book of Daniel, you will find that there were times when he did have to stand all alone. The same is true in regard to Moses. Moses, it is recorded of him in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, that by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So Moses stood alone. It says, He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. The Bible is very clear that we should separate ourselves from those that are trying to persuade us to do what is wrong. Notice what the Apostle Paul said about it in 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter and verses 14 or 16 and 17. He says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? <clears throat> For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. <clears throat> I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, 
says the Lord Almighty. In other words, have the courage to do what is right and separate from those who are seeking to persuade you to do what is wrong. In the latter part of Proverbs 1, we have a, one of the plainest and clearest and also one of the most frightful prophecies in all the Bible of what is going to happen to the person who when he is enticed to sin, he does not resist. He does not separate from wrongdoing, but he, he goes along with it for one reason or another, either for just wanting companionship or for sake of money, whatever it is. He does not, he does not separate himself from sin and sinners. In the latter part of Proverbs 1, we have a prediction of what will happen to the people that do not separate themselves from sinners. It says in Proverbs 1, starting with verse 24, Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way, and be filled to the full with their own fancies, in other words, with their own theories or desires. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. These solemn words carry the mind forward to that great day, the great day of final judgment, when the rejectors of God's mercy, the despisers of His grace, will be brought face to face with His justice. At that tribunal, they will be called to give an account for how they have used their time and their talents, their means, their intellect. Have they used their ability for serving themselves or for serving the gods of this world? Or have they just consulted their own convenience and earthly pleasure? Have they decided to spend their life simply enjoying themselves with frivolous amusements, pride of dress, indulgence of appetite, hardness of heart, with a benumbed conscience, so that the voice of truth was not heard, so that duty was despised, and things of infinite value were lightly regarded. In the reaping time, they will have to gather that which they have sown. The fact is, friends, that the Son of God has paid an immense price, an immense sacrifice, in order that He might have the power and the legal and moral right to redeem fallen man and exalt him 
to his own right hand and make him again the heir of this world, a possessor of the eternal weight of glory. In fact, when we think about it, language cannot express the value of the immortal inheritance. The glory and the riches and the honor that are available to you, offered by the Son of God, are of such infinite value that it is beyond the power of men or angels to give any just idea of their real worth or of their excellence and magnificence. But in, if when you are offered something like this, an infinite inheritance that involves eternal life, how much is eternal life worth? How much is it worth? How could you compute its value? If when you're made an offer like that, instead of taking it, you decide to plunge yourself into sin and degradation. You refuse a life of obedience. You refuse to be a disciple. You choose rather whatever things are of value to you in this earth because it's what you can see. Then... Jesus predicted what he would say. Here in Luke 14, 24, Jesus was telling a story about the invitation to come to an immortal, infinite inheritance. And there was one person that said, no, I can't, I can't come because I've just purchased a piece of property and I have to go and inspect it. Another person said, no, I can't come. I've I've just purchased a yoke of oxen. In other words, today that would be a new tractor. I just purchased this and I have to go and check it out. Another said, I can't come because I've just married a wife. And so it says in Luke 14, 24, the master said, I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. How is it with you, friend? Are you making excuses to continue in sin, to conform to this present world? If you do that, the prophet says the time will come when the Lord will say concerning you, let him alone. He's joined to his idols. Let him alone. That's Hosea 4:17. But there's coming a time when nobody will want to be excused. Stay tuned, I'll show you when that time is. Sometimes studying the Bible on your own without any help or a guideline to follow can be a little difficult. And after confusion and frustration set in, we all too often turn to other things. If this sounds like you, you're not alone. The Steps to Life Bible Correspondence School is just the answer. Call 1-800-THE-TRUTH and ask for your free Bible Correspondence Starter Pack. I really enjoy being able to study at home. I'm a new Christian, and I definitely knew I needed some guidance. Simply review each lesson and answer the questions. These studies were great. It just seemed like the Bible opened up for me. Then send the completed lesson back to us in the envelope provided. These studies were very professional. They didn't take a lot of time, and I really appreciated that. A Bible teacher will then look over each lesson and send them back to you with the next set of studies. It's that simple and totally free. Call Steps to Life Television at one 800 the truth. I'm so glad I called. 
Welcome back. Jesus said that the day would come when he would return the second time to this world in power and great glory. He spoke of it over and over again. Here's one of the places where he spoke about it. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, he said, The Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Jesus is coming back to this world in glory and with power. The glory of his Father and the glory of the holy angels with him. There will be at that day voices of triumph and strains of the most enchanting music that human beings have ever heard. And then all will be interested. There will not be one indifferent spectator. Speculations will not then engross the soul. The miser's piles of gold will not then seem so important. They will not even seem attractive. The palaces of this world upon which the wealthy have lavished their riches on which have become for their hearts their idols. These things are all turned away. People turn away from them with loathing and disgust. No one pleads at that time that his land or his equipment or his business or his wife that he has just married is a reason why he should be excused from sharing the glory that bursts upon his astonished vision. All will want a share, but most will know that it is not for them. Here is what the Bible says that they will pray. In Revelation, the sixth chapter, it says, The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains, and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who will be able to stand? That's Revelation six fifteen to 17. Oh, they will want for God not to pass them by. The Bible says the kings, the mighty men, the lofty, the proud, the mean man, they all bow down together under a pressure of woe and desolation and misery that cannot be expressed. And their heart-anguished prayers are, Mercy, mercy, save us from the wrath of an offended God. What will the Lord answer? There will be a voice that will come back to them with serious distinctness. The voice, the prophecy recorded in Proverbs 1 will then be fulfilled. Here it is. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge 
and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Oh, friend, what are you going to do in that day? Money is power among many people today. In fact, money has become their God, but their very prosperity can destroy them. And they become, even though they're wealthy, fools in the sight of God. And when Jesus comes, the Bible says they'll take their gold and silver and they'll throw it in the streets. You can read that in Ezekiel, the seventh chapter. Friend, how is it with you? Are you one of the many in the world today who slight the instruction and warnings from the Word of God? Do you despise the great salvation that is offered to you in Christ? Are you willing that God should eventually say to you, because I called and you refused? I stretched out my hand. Nobody regarded. You have said it not all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. When your fear comes as a desolation and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me early, but they shall not find me, because they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, they will eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. My dear friend, the Lord is coming. The signs in the world today are plain evidence on every hand, whether you look in the natural world, the economic world, the military world, the national world, the religious world, anywhere you look, the signs are evident. Bible prophecy of the last days is being fulfilled right in front of your eyes. The Lord is coming. If He were to come today, would you be ready to meet Him? Have you made your peace with God? Or is it possible that anybody could say, well, I desire to be sent away from God's presence, to share in the humiliation and punishment of Satan and his angels? My friend, if during your lifetime you rob God of the service that He has purchased with His own blood. If you spend your time in this world in idle talk and foolish amusement, the result will be that you will lose heaven. Can you really afford to barter away for temporary earthly pleasure the gift of eternal life? Friend, today probation is not closed yet. Probation will close before Jesus comes. You can read it in Revelation 22, 11 and 12. The time will come when it will be too late to be saved. Both the Old and New Testament speak about this over and over and over again. But right today, 
you could come. When the Holy Spirit invites you to come to Jesus, as the Bible says, look unto me and be saved. That's Isaiah 45, 22. That's God's gracious invitation. If you look to me, you will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? It means to look to Jesus, to follow Him. Here's what Jesus said about it in Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Notice, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to have eternal life, the first requirement is deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Christ. The character is to be formed in Christ-likeness. There is danger, my friend, in slighting the invitation of Jesus too long. If your time is taken up with the vanities of this world and you seldom retain thoughts that you have a soul to save or lose, have you forgotten that you only have a temporary time in which to be saved? And although Christ is still pleading with you, how long will He continue to plead with you? How long, much longer do you have in this world? Mercy's sweet voice is still sounding today. But the time will come, and we do not know how soon it will come, when mercy's voice will die away. And probation's hour will be ended. And then... The Bible is very clear. Read it in Revelation, the 16th chapter. The seven last plagues will fall in this world. And then those who have chosen the pleasures of this world and who have rebelled against God, refused to listen to Him, refused to follow Him, refused to obey Him, they will cry for mercy. But there will be none to answer their prayers. Instead, a voice will be heard saying, You are weighed in the balances and are found wanting. And as they realize that they have no shelter from the dreadful storm of God's wrath, they will plead for one more hour of probation that they may still hear mercy's sweet voice giving them another opportunity. But that voice that says, Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters, it will then be silent. In that dreadful hour, it will be too late to be saved. You'll already, you'll already be saved, or it'll be too late to be saved. Too late. Too late. What painful, sorrowful words. The Bible says there will be people that will say those words. In Jeremiah 8.20, it says they will say, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Friend, don't let it happen to you. You don't want to hear the words that say, I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand, you wouldn't listen. 
So now you will have to have the fruit of your own decision. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's program. Have you ever asked yourself, is it a sin to be tempted? Or at what point does temptation become sin? The issues of right and wrong must be clearly distinguished. Today's free book is entitled, Is It a Sin to be Tempted? Call 1-800-THE-TRUTH. That's 1-800-843-8788 and ask for offer PRV1. Do we find ourselves looking at some scene which is likely to introduce sinful thoughts or actions? What a tremendous difference it would make if all could clearly understand the priority placed upon a pure mind. Find out how to recognize the snares and appropriate the weapons of Christ to be successful in resisting temptation. To order your free book, Is It a Sin to be Tempted? Call 1-800-THE-TRUTH. That's 1-800-843-8788 and ask for offer PRV1. We hope that this sermon has been a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. Our mailing address is Steps to Life, P.O. Box 782-828, Wichita, Kansas 67278. You may call us at 1-800-THE-TRUTH. That's 1-800-843-8788. Our email address is historic at stepstolife.org and our web address is www.stepstolife.org. May God be with you as you seek to walk the narrow way.